99, closing to 100 episodes, and we have a very special guest on. Wow. I'm very excited to have him on, Kyle Klaus. So a little bit of introduction about Klaus, uh, about Kyle and what he does, background, real estate. Uh, again, this today is a real estate show, so if you want to learn about real estate, do some acting, uh, acting. That's my expertise, real estate. Here you go. And acting. And but. acting. If you're looking for acting tips, hey, stick, stick, stick in and keep watching. So he's an actor and a successful entrepreneur from uh, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. He moved to New York City after college in 2008 to pursue his acting career. While doing so, he achieved great success through real estate sales and investing, becoming a millionaire by age 30. Uh, great achievements, so congratulations. After Thank three you. years of working full-time as a real estate agent, Klaus quickly became a broker and uh, opening his first business in 2012, Prestige Properties, a real estate firm with a multiple offices in the state of New Jersey. He mm -hmm. is also partner in investment real estate developments in the area. In 2019, Klaus and his team reached platinum level for sales volume in a single year. Wow, another congratulations. Klaus is also owner, uh, founder of the North Pole, an online retail company, and he recently started dipping his toes in the restaurant business. So man, talking about diversification, right? Uh, Busy while, guy, yeah. <laughs> while running successful business, Klaus can also be seen on TV shows like Backlist, Billions, Homeland, Happy, and the last OG to name a few. Again, and you can reach out to Kyle on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. The website is kyleklaus.com, and those are going to be included down below in the show notes, so it's easier for you to follow. But Kyle, I just want to say thank you today for being on the show. Thank you very much, and thank you for uh, that introduction. That was actually the first. I just got that bio written up from my publicist, and that is uh, the first time I heard it out loud, and it actually sounds pretty good. It, it sounds pretty encapsulates good. It everything. I Appreciate that. By the way, it is, and this is a total, look, I, I've had people stand this all my life growing up. Um, it's Claus, like Santa Claus. Claus. Not Claus. Claus. Not yeah. Claus. They, yeah. It's probably supposed to be pronounced Klaus, but um, everybody says Claus. So, sorry no. about that. I, I just no, tried, it's all good. I, I just, it's all I just, good. I just tried to make you German. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's spelled like that. It probably should be, you know, I am half German. So, oh, but, here you go. Here you go. There so you now go. it makes sense. So I'm yeah. not making you, you are a German. Okay. <laughs> got, it, got it. So can we talk about the background? And again, uh, mm -hmm. like, let's try to start somewhere. Let's try to find a ground to start because uh, 2008 uh kind of you know a shaky time for you uh yeah well, not for you maybe for for the industry itself as a, as a financial real estate industry and then you moved at that time you moved to new york and mm -hmm. to pursue your acting career so maybe we can talk about that i mean how did you find your passion for acting yeah please no that's a good place to start um because it really was um i graduated college around the 2007 time frame and i remember trying to figure out you know, exactly what I wanted to do. I went to school for political science, quickly realized that I, I wanted nothing to do with politics. Um, but it was a very broad thing. And, um, you know, I was involved in, I, I, I really, you know, you have those passions growing up, you want to be a sports star, you want to be something. So I was like, wow, I would love to be a, an actor, a professional actor, but that's kind of like a pipe dream. You know, some people think like, well, I can never do that. And I was in Pennsylvania. So it wasn't like a, uh, I was in Los Angeles or New York City or anything. And um, I, once I realized I wanted to kind of pursue this, I, that was the first step was realizing what my, 
and I right now I, I call it my why. My big why was acting, right? It was my passion to drive everything else to become successful. And, um, you know, when you think of actors, you're like, well, they're waiters or, you know, bartenders or something like that, right? So I, um, I remember, you know, hearing about my uncle doing real estate and doing it on the weekends and making great money on it. And, um, you know, he was also a cop. So I was like, well, if he can do that and do make good money real estate, that's what just in my mind, it clicked and I got right into real estate. And then right around 2008, I was driving up to New York city. It's about four hours away from Pennsylvania. And I was driving up there all the time. And um, I was like, I can't sustain this, you know? So I, I just quickly, it just made sense to me that I um, would move to, you know, New York to be closer to the action and to, um, you know, not to mention real estate is like quadruple or more of what it is worth in Pennsylvania. So that was, you know, appealing as well. And I immediately got my real estate license around here and it was flexible that I could do that and sustain my, you know, go after my, my acting goals. And then, um, you know, the housing crash and the financial crash happened in 2008, which is right at the time I moved up here. But the funny thing was, is that when I got up here, it, um, that never really affected me. Cause one, I didn't really have any money saved up at that time. It was like, I was living paycheck to paycheck, you know, like moving from my hometown. And I just started hustling as fast as possible in real estate. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and I just became really successful in more rentals than sales at that time, because sales were really taking a hit. The, the housing market crashed and it didn't really affect me as much because I was just finding another avenue to find success, which was real estate rentals. And, um, I guess, uh, that's where it really started taking off. And, you know, I worked for three years really hard and then ended up opening my own brokerage. Cause I just realized I could do this whole thing myself. And the even better thing to do would be to have people working under me so that it would really free up my time to pursue acting. So still acting was still in that back of my head as a passion, you know? Mm, got it. So the, the first question is why in New York, why not California? All right. So I, I feel like you got to have, um, you know, there's always check pluses and minuses for everything. You got to out, you got to weigh everything. Right. So, um, in every, every decision I feel like you make, that's a big decision. Um, you know, you just weigh out the pluses and minuses. And then once you make a decision, you just go full force with it because there's no, you know, if, if it's basically I had the, the idea of New York or LA, Right. So the big plus in my mind about New York was one, it was a two hour drive from Pennsylvania from my hometown and family's big and important to me. Um, and I knew that wherever I was going to go, it would probably be, you know, a, a forever kind of thing. It would be like, I, I really wanted to have the long term. I always had the long term vision of, you know, being successful there. So I guess I was like, well, you know what? New York is the second best place in the world to be for acting. So that's not too bad. You know what I mean? So uh, it was, I couldn't do the acting the way I wanted to at the level I wanted to at um, in 
Pennsylvania in Philadelphia just didn't have the market there. So I just uh, decided, you know, New York was the second best place, if not, you know, the first. And um, another big driving point, which is a, you might not have known this about me, but I was, uh, I ended up at the time before I moved to New York coming across uh, Mark Wahlberg. Are you familiar with the actor Mark Wahlberg? Oh, was, I think everybody, everybody. I think everybody is now, right? Okay. Well, at the time, I don't think he was as famous, but he was doing a couple films in Philadelphia. And I'm, you know, I know for the main actors, they need a stand-in and a double for them to do some some scenes. And I um, remember getting a chance. I, I talked to him. You know, I, I worked on a couple projects with him. Invincible, The Happening, The Lovely Bones major motion pictures. And uh, I remember going up to him a couple of times because I was like, man, I, I got to ask him a few questions. And one of the questions I asked him was, hey, what would you give? The first question I asked him was, hey, what would you give an up and coming actor as the best suggestion to do? And his answer was, you got to get to New where the action is, New York or LA. So he had it in my mind, New York or LA. And then the second question I asked him, which was on another film, when I had a chance to was, hey, Mark, which would you choose, New York or LA? And he said, you know what? Doesn't even really matter, man. He's like, you gotta get, he's like, the five-year plan is just to be bi-coastal anyway. So you wanna get to the level of where it doesn't really matter where you are at, cause you know, you could be on both coasts and there's a lot of, you know, big name actors living in New York City. So that made my decision a little clearer. Got it, got it, got it. Uh, again, I probably asked Mark that a different decision. I would be like, "How do you get the the shreds?" You know, that would be how do you get the shreds? Yeah. yeah well, I knew that. I knew that answer. I just didn't want to know his answer because it's again, probably a lot of hard work and waking up at four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. We know. <laughs> you know? The, we know the routine. Yeah, but like, cause yeah. It, it's not my business. Like acting is my is not my thing. But like, when it comes to choosing, you know, like big capital is, you know, the city of angels. Now, at least the people who are in in acting. They, they, they get that piece uh, of advice is just, you know, whatever closer city you're to, you know, like the yeah. travel location. So kind of, kind of makes sense. Look there. And, and once I moved here, there's so much production going on in New York city. So, and it, it almost surpassed LA. So, um, yeah, so it was a good decision. I feel like in my mind. So look, uh, the question is, I don't know if you will be able to answer that, but uh, without again dis discrediting all like all the, the work, the, the, the films that you did, but would you able to, to kind of pick one uh, which you think will be kind of your biggest achievement when it comes to the acting career? Yeah, probably uh, in 2019 was actually probably my biggest year. I had uh, a recurring role on the blacklist and I had a... Uh, a uh, really good role opposite Tracy Morgan on The Last OG. And then this show called Happy, which is a very funny, uh, funny, it's a, it's a dark humor kind of show. Um, but I had a great uh, scene on there where I actually played a Manhattan real estate. Uh, I actually played a client looking for a real estate property. So it's funny how things just came full circle. And I was like, that was probably my best role ever. And I was like, well, I know exactly. I've had, you know, countless hours of, of real-time uh, experience with this. Yeah. So, yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. You, you just, you, now you're just living with a character, you know? You, you just, exactly. You, you just right, became, right, right. You became one. <laughs>
which is exactly. awesome. So again, can you talk about, again, your experience uh, starting out to work as a broker, which again is New York. So I don't know if a lot of people who are watching, are they familiar with the like New York market? Because there's a lot of people kind of looking at the trend and, you know, like a baby boomer trend. And there are a lot of people mm -hmm. investing and buying real estate kind of Southeast, Southwest. So maybe yeah. you can talk about your personal experience. I mean, how was it, you know, personally for you to kind of transition from acting part, which of course there is some business parts involved into that into, you know, like sales and business kind of, you know, mentality, all, all of those pieces. Sure. So one, um, to relate the business side of acting, business acting is a business um, to relate it to real estate and to any business in general, there's different aspects of the business, right? There's, um, like acting, for example, has the craft, like you have to know the craft of acting, but then that's separate from the business side where I need to know, you know, have that business mindset of how to get the neck to the next level and, you know, meet the right people and all that. So with real estate, the way that relates to, I can relate it to real estate easily as far as like being a broker and knowing what to say to people and knowing what sales are and how to get, you know, motivate people or, or, or flesh out the questions or whatever it is, talk to people. That's the skill part of it, right? That's the craft. And then the business side is just numbers. It's just, you know, it's just being a good businessman. And in my mind, I was always good with that. I don't know if it was naturally or not, but it was just made sense to keep your overhead low, not overextend and just, you know, have a, have a good game plan, whether it's a napkin plan or, or what, you know, it's just to have a, um, you know, just have it written down, basically a plan. And the transition happened where, you know, I just became such a successful agent in my pr first company up here. And um, it started out, you know, I was running with, around with a chicken with my head, like a chicken with my head cut off, just like, not knowing, you know, like brand new, floundering everywhere. And then I finally broke through about month six, which just now, you know, like I said, I was, I was churning rentals out. I was probably doing like six a month at this time. And just so you can be aware, like in New York City, rentals are about 3000 to $4,000. So you're getting a month broker fee. And if I'm doing six a month, I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of knowing what I'm doing, right? And I'm, I'm getting compensated very good for it. So now I just got to keep that up. And then what happened was there was a, um, one of the defining moments, I remember coming across this movie, this, I was taking a lot of like acting mentorship programs where it was like talking about mindset and all that stuff. And I was relating that to all different areas of my life. And I remember watching this movie called The Secret by... Rhonda, Rhonda Burns, something like that. And, you know, whether what you, whether you believe in that or not, there was a lot of stuff that I just took from that. And one of the biggest things was about visualizing what you want and feeling the feelings of having it now and just going about it in your day and going after it. And I remember the breakthrough month that I had where I was just like, okay, I set an unrealistic goal about doing I think it was making 20 grand in, in sales or in, in rentals or something that month and doing like 10 deals and getting a, an acting job and just 
going, that seems unrealistic to me, but if I can get that, I know there's some truth to this. And I just said, all right, for this month, I'm going to try that. And I really, it, it felt like a lie at first. It was like, it felt like, Kyle, you're ridiculous. But I went out and I just said, you know what? It's just going to come and I'm just going to do the work. And I did that and I reached that goal with that first month. And it was double everything I did prior to that. So I was like, wow, there's got to be some truth to this. Like, it was just like deals were coming and I got hired for an acting job and just deals were coming at the same time in real estate. And that was the turnaround. And I was doing on average about 12 to 15 deals a month then. And what I, the transition happened was this, when I go, okay, you got to work as three years as a real estate salesperson to be able to open your own brokerage. So I was right about that time. Um, and then I remember just writing out a napkin plan to go, okay, how much would overhead be if we got an office? Like, you know, say it's 2000 a month to rent an office, this much for an admin, this much for this person. And then if I go, okay, well, if I could have five people that I could say, do exactly this, and they're on this split to the company, we would be, you know, breaking even easily, you know, and then making profit. So it was basically like a nap Kim plan. I remember drawing it out and going, okay, this is the overhead one agent one, two, three, four, and then just going, all right, this is it. Like I can see this in my, my eye and then going, well, it's a no brainer now. Like there's no guessing about it. It's just like, I need that and I can do it. And the, even safer than that was like, I could sustain it myself with the amount of volume I was doing. So even if at the first couple months, I didn't have anybody doing it just by breaking away from my old company, I could like, and not paying them in, I could sustain it myself. So that's kind of what got me in the mindset of opening the brokerage. It was like a no brainer. Well, it, it was no brainer, but again, uh, I just want to clear this out for the people who are like, because I understand the process, the way you thought about the entire thing. And first of all, you kind of took this uh, part of believing in something, which of course you, you mentioned the around the barn, the, the secret part. Yeah. And you, it was like, I don't know if it makes sense, like if it's truth or not, but I'm just going to take it from granted. And I would say it's the, it's the reality and it's possible to attract those, those type of things. But mm -hmm. what you did with that belief, it took massive action. And with that massive mm -hmm. action, you got the results and those results mm -hmm. just put it extra belief into your system. And it was like, man, that actually works. It's like a circle. It's yeah. like a circle. It's like and a cycle. Yeah. And, and that's the key to, to, to the success. And that's when yeah. you achieved it. And one like, man, it actually works, you know? So, and that's yeah. where you pursue that. So I want to kind of uh, talk about the prestige property group, which you can find, of course, on the website, it's prestige property group, uh, grp.com. Of sure, course, the link yeah. is going to be down below. But just wanted to ask you, because I'm looking at the listings, which is like, uh, it's pretty insane numbers. We're looking at the multifamily houses, condos, land. Uh, so mm -hmm. we have those properties and we're talking like thousands of listings. So how part of those listings and getting all those deals done was like uh, just you being famous, a known person? Um, I mean, now it's, you know, it's always a work in progress and it's always about growth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just... You know, here's a quick, funny story. The first deal I ever did, and I just put this out on my Instagram. First deal I ever did in New York City coming to this area. I, um, 
did a $2,300 rental and it was off of a Craigslist ad where I found the owner was trying to rent the unit himself. And I said, hey, look, I reached out. I said, I can rent this for you for no cost to you. I get the cost from the, the tenant and um, I get the fee from the tenant and I'll run the background checks and everything. So it was a no brainer for him. He said, fine. We've, I found him a tenant. I made the 2300 off of the commission. And I was so organized that I put it in my, I didn't even have a CRM at the time. I just put it down on an Excel spreadsheet and I put, call this guy in nine months when the lease is almost up. So nine months down the line, I called him up and I said, Hey, it's Kyle from, I was at a different real estate company at the time. And I was like, I put the guy in your uh, apartment last year and I was just wondering if you knew if he was staying or leaving and if you needed help finding a new tenant. And from that point on, like we became friends after that. He said that from that point on, I was like, just this little action about calling me and being so on top of it. He was like, that's my guy for, for, you know, my real estate agent basically for life. Like I kept them as a client. So since then I had done multiple rentals for him. He, he's an investor in the area, done multiple sales deals for him. And he introduced me to his brother last year that we were looking around for a year and we couldn't find anything, but finally we closed on it last week. And it was a $2.45 million list or $2.25 million listing. So just off of that was like, okay, there's so much that now with posting on social media, with word of mouth, and with the stuff that I do every day, the outreach, just like the word gets out there. Basically, I became one of the guys that is, you know, where I used to look at these other real estate agents that had all these listings and was like, holy crap, that's the go-to guy. They're known around town where it's like, now I'm getting people that don't know me. They're going, oh, Kyle. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you're basically super famous on a very local level, but like, you know, you're the expert in the area. So now it's just like a very easy process to get listings because I have the track record behind me. Got it. So and, is, the, is the acting part, does that give you credit? Do you come across people, you know, sellers or buyers is like, hey, like, I know you, you're the guy from Billions. Nah, nah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, ne never. And you know, what's funny is that I never tell people for some reason, I never say it. I keep them so separate, but I think it, you know, it's funny because my business partner in real estate also, uh, he's a, uh, uh, he was, you know, training for you like professional fighting and stuff like that. We've talked about this. I've had conversations with him where it sets you apart from a different, uh, just a real estate agent, right? It set like, say you are listing with a, you're meeting with a list, uh, uh, an owner that, owns a million dollar property that is meeting with X, Y, and Z. And you're all good on a, on the professional level, you're all the same, right? You're all, uh, you know, can offer the same things and you're all pretty even. Well, what's going to set you aside? What's going to put you over the edge? You know, it's, it's just going to be that people like you or you have a different, you know, the fact that I'm not just like 100% some real estate agent and I have this other thing, you know, whether it's like, you know, I, I have this interesting thing about me. It really um, does set me aside. You know, people see my Instagram once they list a house with me and they're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. You're a, you're an actor. And I used to try to hide that from people just like on the acting side, I used to try to hide the real estate mindset too. 
But um, I think it really helps. Now I'm just putting it all out there. I'm like, you know what? I'm, you know, I used to th- be, worry about being stereotyped like, oh, well, if you're an actor, you can't do brainiac business stuff, you know? And if you're a business person, you can't be an actor because that's just like weird. And now it's just like, I've, I've tried to, and I, what I realized is those were fears that people were projecting onto me. Yeah. That it wasn't, you know what I mean? So I would hear that from an acting coach of being, oh, well, you got to decide, you got to either be an actor or a business person. You know, you can't be both. But that was their fears onto me. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, what I've come to realize very recently, and not too recently, but the past couple of years is like, no, that's my brand. I'm, I can be anything I want to be. Like, it's, it, uh, you know, you can be your own person. My, no matter what, my, you can do anything you want to do. My advice, I mean, having all the experience and all the credits, you know, from the from the filmmaking and actoring perspective, you should use that and leverage that for you yeah. to help you to build more deals. And look, look at the guy, what's the name? Uh, Clayton Morris. You're familiar with him? Like no. He, he was the guy in TV and he's he's building this real estate business. Well, like I heard about him. He, he used to be a TV. So there's people like... He used to be an actor in t- or he's an actor I, in I, TV? I, I think he was a host of TV show or he was a, oh, okay. an anchor. Like he, he was in TV, yeah. I remember. I can't remember the exact position. But okay. I'm sure there is more people who are... Look at the basketball players. I mean, like they're looking to like Shaquille O'Neal. I think he's looking to, to do the developments in real estate. I mean... There's like people from sports fields, like industries, acting industries, they're looking yeah. into real estate. Again, it's just for another source of income because I mean, if you have the mentality to succeed in one thing, mm-hmm. like I'm sure you can do the exactly the same in a business industry, but it's just, again, what you're saying is just people and, and their kind of philosophies and their thoughts and ideas. But again, you know that you have the right mindset that, you know, again, this kind of circle that kind of, you have the belief system for you to accomplish these things. So it's just a matter of you, like how far you can go. So your personal, I I will add one quick thing to that, if I may. Um, So the, 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 the turning point with all this with about two years ago or three years ago, and I know that now a lot of actors that are on a high level, they'll branch out like Mark Wahlberg, even I think doing some development deals and real estate deals. Um, I heard a a podcast with Tim Ferriss and Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this is something you might not have known about Arnold Schwarzenegger because it just wasn't out there at the time. But he was a millionaire real estate developer before his acting career ever took out off. He had guys working for him doing landscaping stuff. He had guy. He had he had uh, that was I mean that was another business. But he was doing development deals in real estate, and the mentality he had was the same mentality I have, which is now why I know I'm on the right path with everything I'm doing. Is that other people in his acting class was like, you know, they were worried about getting the next job to pay the next rent or something like that. I know a lot of actors right now that had to move back home that because they're, you know, they couldn't pay the bills because they were working in, you know, the restaurant industry or, or whatever. Um, and now acting and real st- and restaurants aren't open. So they had to, you know, were forced to move back home and they had no financial knowledge, but it's like, you could do anything you want to do passion wise, like any kind of thing you want to get into. If you have the right business mindset to set yourself up, like, like Arnold was saying, he was like, I didn't care if I got a job, you know, I, I was set with, with the development deals I was doing with the, the financially I was set. And that's the same mentality I have about like the real estate. It's almost like maybe I'm doing it backward or like where most people try to get 
famous in the acting world and then branch out into real estate where I'm like, you know what, build it from the start and be able to sustain yourself and build a good life financially, mm. you know? Got it. So that, that's a great example, by the way. Yeah. Cause I knew the story like the Arnold. He oh yeah. Million, yeah. Millionaire by, by like 30 with real estate investments, investments yeah. was a development or like from passive income, but whatever. But I think it was, I think he like did the same thing where it was like, he, you know, bought an apartment building and lived in one unit. Yep. And it was just as that, it was like that paid for his rent. So he didn't have to worry about bills or something. And then yeah. it just snowballed. House hacking, the, the, the way they call it right now. But yeah, that's awesome. You know, 30. What's it called? House hacking. It's oh, house hacking. Yeah. House hacking right now. But yeah. that's awesome. You know, uh, so talking about, again, your prestige properties and, you know, the, your personal business brokerage. So like, what are you planning to do with it? Like how big do you want to scale it this and maybe, you know, upcoming year? You know, um, we had a lot of opportunities. We were presented with a lot of things right off the bat about going into a certain commercial space that was way bigger and partnering with somebody that owned the commercial space. And we had just, you know, things like that where, you know, we had, uh, you know, I, I talked to my partner and, and it was just like, you know what, it just we didn't want it at the time. Like our, our thing is about going organically. Like if it makes sense, we're going to do it. So for instance, we, we never really tried to just expand, 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 expand without having this, you know, groundwork. Like we've always been sustainable and growing organically and having this big support under us where it's like, you can just sustain growth like that instead of over leveraging yourself and, you know, stressing out basically. So now, you know, we've built the part where I'm, you know, the, I have my own team as well. Like I'm a big listing agent. I'm still active, very active in, in listings. Um, so I could sustain it just myself on the business that I'm doing personally. And then we brought on a couple people where they, they're, they're good and everybody's sustaining themselves and, and really growing organically and then you know we got an opportunity to open another office in another city and you know it just made sense it's just like if it makes sense we'll do it um but there's been a lot of companies that have come and gone and you know they're supposedly the big thing like they're gonna come in and disrupt everybody you know what i mean like that's it, it's like the what I, I like to say is it's like the the shiny new toy right? Like this big company comes in and goes, Hey, we're here. Like, um, I remember net, this company nest seekers came in. They were a big company in New York city. One of their agents, Ryan Serhant from made them famous on, on million dollar listing. Now they're coming to Jersey side. And it was like, Oh my God, this is coming. And everybody else is going to go out of business. And it was like, okay, that's what you say. Go ahead. And they ended up coming and their shop closed up within two years. And it was like, we're still, we're still around. You know, the thing is that. I mean, how, it, do, you, I mean, how, do, you, how do you scale and, and, and shrink at the same time in, in that period of time that fast? Well, the, you know, it, it, here's the thing about real estate, right? It's like, and I always tell people this as a list, like if I'm going on a listing, it has nothing to do with, the company that is going to sell your place. It's always going to be the agent. Now we do things as an agency to 
make it valuable for our agents to work at our company, but it's never going to be the company that sells your house. Just because you list at Remax, you could have the worst Remax agent or the worst, you know what I mean? So it's, it's always about the agent. So you have to have good agents. It's not about quantity. It's more about quality of agents. And um, that's what we focused on. And I think that, you know, you get these companies that come in. I mean, NetSeekers is still going on in the city, although I think Ryan Terhan just opened his own company. But like there's other, you know, I think they're still in Jersey somewhere, but they close this particular office because all offices are run the same. It's like if they don't have, if they're not making a profit, it's all about profit. It's profit first. So if you're not making a profit, you can't sustain the losses all the time. So, you know, if, if they're hiring bad agents and they're not doing any work and, you know, it, the office is just run poorly, then, yeah, I could see why they would close up in a cut because the rent is, you know, it's not easy. You know, it's yeah. still, you know, costs a lot. Got it. So. So, the, so the question is for you. I mean, uh, how many how many brokers uh, do you have working for you at the moment? How many agents? So we have about 18 that work at our Hoboken office, which is okay. our first main ship office. And then we uh, just opened Montclair where we're growing very fast out there because we have an agent that we partnered with for that office that is very good with social media. And he's just known around the, the, the town. So people were like, wow, it, we became the shiny, new the, the shiny new toy for out there for a minute. But uh, I think we're doing it the right way. We're growing. We have about 18 agents maybe working there now. And um, so we're growing and, you know, we're doing great out there. Got we have it. good so, agents. We're doing good training for them. And, uh, so you that, know, just, so yeah. That is, sorry for interrupting. So that is my, that's, my, that's my initial question that I wanted to ask. How do you actually, what, what do you do? How do you search for these uh, potential agents that might, might be working for you? I mean, is there some key traits that you're looking for in a person or, you know, what, how is that process working and how do you know if the person is going to be suited for your company or not? So, you know, what's uh, funny first, when I first opened and we wrote it on the nap napkin, when we first opened prestige 2012, it was all rentals. Like I was saying, I could, you know, it was a different world. It was a different game. So I was doing these rentals at another company and I, I knew that I was able, we would get these management companies that managed 300 buildings and they would give us their inventory. And basically we would just pop them, we would basically be able to take pictures, pop it on the internet, get phone calls all day, take clients there and make money off of it. So I could literally pull in anybody off of the street and say, hey, get your real estate license, you'll make six figures, right? Like I could say, get your real estate license, do X, Y, and Z, you'll get phone calls and you'll make six figures a year if you want. Now, a couple things happened and with, with like Zillow is our biggest thing around here where we get, where people search. So Zillow, um, something happened with Zillow where uh, we weren't able to post on there anymore. So we, the, what, what happened is, and this is adaptable in any business is all of a sudden our business changed. There became like the game plan that we had didn't work anymore. So we had to adapt and pivot what we were doing where then we were like, look, if we want to sustain this as a real real estate company, we have to get into big time sales and, and like do the real deal stuff. Like we have to learn the, the craft of getting these million dollar listings and these $2 million listings and being able to talk to people and learn what to say to people and, 
and how to do the process and all that stuff. So we actually, it's almost like we relearned a whole new business. Um, where about like about 2015, 2016, when the rental side went away. I mean, we can still do rentals and all that stuff. It's just on less of a scale. So it's kind of like if whatever your business you're in, if it's real estate or whatever, there may be times where whatever you were doing to make your money and, and that niche that you had, there might be a disruptor that comes in. And if you can't pivot quickly, you're going to be, you know, lost. It's almost the same with COVID. Um, you know, all of a sudden this happened and there was a lot of agents that put their, you know, that stepped off the gas pedal and just goes, you know what, we'll just wait until this blows over and, you know, whatever. And meanwhile, I had the different mindset where I was like, well, now I'm going to step on the gas pedal and pivot my business. We have ways to do things virtually. And I've, I sold a couple of places totally virtually during COVID. And that was, you know, something I would have never thought was possible. So it's like, you have to adapt. That's and, it. And it's definitely going to stay for a while. Virtual it's going to stay for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if you would have told me before COVID, if you could sell a million dollar place, like virtually without the buyers even seeing it, I would have been like, you're absolutely crazy. But oh, yeah. oh, you can do it. The COVID is disrupting their entire industries. I mean, they yeah. have to adapt and everything is, is changing, you know, drastically. So... So, talk, so talking about pivoting uh, again, you know, you you have your hands in some development projects, as as far as I know. So can you yeah. can you talk about those projects? Are they all in New York, and like how big are those projects? Yeah, they're they're around here. Um, mainly, it's it's like partnerships where it's like you know, hundred unit buildings where you know we found the land. Um, the developer, you know, we you know the guy we have is basically in charge of, he knocked down, demolished what was ever on the land and build it up. And, you know, we then refinance and take the money, you know, get our initial investment back and then, you know, have the stake in the place as well. Now there's, um, as a real estate broker, there's certain things like every project and every property is different. So for a lot of people, I will actually choose to not be involved in the risk portion of it because you got to understand like if you're a broker there you get first dibs pretty much on everything you find right i'm getting the first looks so they're like i may take that to a couple developers and it's like if there's enough skin in the game and it makes sense i'll go in on it as an investor but then also be involved in the selling of it, like the buying of, you know, buying of it and selling of it. So make a commission there as well. However, sometimes it, you know, I'll get these, I'll get deals all the time. You know, I got probably got like two this morning when I was prospecting where I'll take it to developers and go, Hey, you know what? Like, here's a deal. If there's not enough skin in the game, I'll just broker this thing, you know, where I'll just be part of the buying end of it. And then I'll be on the back end. If you build 10 condos, I'll, I'll get the bro. So it's almost like it's not even worth going in on the, you know, investment yeah. aspect of it and, and worrying about, especially now with everything being so like up in the air, yeah. but it just depends on the project. So I'm involved in like, you know, hundred unit buildings around here that I just think but are in just, good areas. Just, but just as yeah. a broker, just on a, on a sales and, 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 you know, sales not the hundred unit buildings. No, we, we invested, like I've invested in that. So if you can partner up with a good, 
guy that's the the project like there's play I, I think there's these things all over the place. You can find people that are looking for, you know, as just an investor. Find, so how do you find those partners? You know, if you're saying like, it's all over the place, how do you come across? Like, can you tell your story? How did you come across your partner? Yeah, sure. So quick, it was quick. Uh, I was introduced right when I started making money, like when prestige was opening um, and I got introduced to a financial advisor to figure out what to do with my money, you know, like open stock accounts, retirement accounts, all that stuff. Um, he, I, I had mentioned to him about wanting to get into development and, you know, investing around the area. And he introduced me to a guy that did these projects where, you know, we would find a huge land in a good area and he would be in charge of building it, you know, like he would GC the whole project and, and build it up. And, um, and then we would go to the banks and refinance and grab your initial investment out. And then you would still have your investment into the property and you would still make the passive income on it. So it was like a no brainer to me. It was like, I don't even have to, you know, it, it was like, this is amazing. I could just keep rolling these projects into each other and, you know, have all this passive income coming in. Um, it's, so it's, I mean, it's one of those things that you can do on a napkin again. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes but sense. And it's like, it, that's the thing. If people think I've been introduced, I've been coming across these things where people have these great ideas or, or like they have all these ideas and it just seems too confusing. And it's like, you know, and if it's like, if it, if it's too hard to understand and too much, it's sometimes like it's, it, it's a no brainer that it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you're trying, you're, you're just getting too confused. And if it's like, if it's simple and you're like, well, duh, that makes sense to me. That's been a lot of most of my successes. And with like, I'm, I'm very involved in like cash flow investing. I like investing in properties where it's like, I go out of state for that. I go, cause it can't find that around here. I go into Pennsylvania where I grew up at because I was looking around here and it was just not enough, you know, rate of return. And I was, kind of like, okay, well, let me look back into my hometown. And I did. And it was just like these properties that were, you know, so undervalued in my opinion. And there was so much, there was good tenants, good people that were living there. And, um, you know, it was a good area, working class area. And it was just like, you you have so much cash return that it was like, well, duh, this makes sense. And got it. And can I just ask you, is, is yeah. it the, the residential or commercial that you're looking for? Residential. Okay. Okay. So, so like, say for instance, I'd find a, a three family house. I always use this example. Like okay. I'd find a three family house that you could buy in a good working class neighborhood and put 50 K down, which is your 25% investment. And I would mortgage it out because it's like, why, why pay cash for something? It's like mortgage something out like that. And say the, the monthly rent monthly mortgage is a thousand, but your monthly rent is a thousand or is 2,500. It's like, well, you're making a thousand five hundred over the mortgage a month on that. You know, it's like, it just makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it everywhere. It's very location driven, but it's just like these, yeah. type of investments are so safe but it's like it just makes sense to me and i tell that to people up here and they're like well i yeah i mean i would do that once a year at least and 
Oh, you know, so you're making for New York is a little bit tougher, right? To, to find for New York, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, a lot of times you're lucky to break even, but then that's different type of investment. That's an appreciation play because Definitely. people are hoping that your $500,000 investment is worth a million in 10 years or less than that, less time. So it's one of those places just like London, because I spoke with this broker who does the deals in London, just London and, and Dubai. And yeah. he has the same perspective. You know, when I ask him a question like, well, what do you think uh, London is going to go with the entire Brexit, the COVID, the entire thing? You know, who was like, the price is still going to go up because it's, yeah. Lon it's London, baby. London. You know, it's London. It's yeah. not going to change. So it's same with, yeah. with, with the New York. Everybody knows New York for New York. So it's always going to You know, and I always think this, like the first uh, lesson I learned with cash flow investing is like, if it, I, appreciation is icing on the cake. So you got to make sure the investment works first. And then if it appreciates, that's icing on the cake. That's amazing. But you can't count the appreciation, I don't feel like. You know, if you get a good property in a good area and it makes sense and the numbers make sense and you think it's going to go up, I mean, that's a good investment for me. And I do a lot of that. I, I talk about that in my YouTube channel, which is like something, you know, I, I know you were probably going to plug it in a little bit, but of course. it's uh, – <laughs> It's talk, I talk a lot about diversifying your investments in real estate. Like it's, you know, I have these passive income plays these, with the, these 100 unit buildings where I'm doing this, making these investments. I have these littler units where I'm solely owning them and it's for a cash flow purpose monthly. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about those is once I got to about four, that was 4,000 a month over the mortgage which that turns into 48,000 a year. And I was just able to use that investment to, or that overflow to put a down payment on another property. So it was almost like they were building themselves at that point. And then it's, uh, you know, then there's other stuff up here where it's more of like a cash flow where it's like I'm breaking even or something like that or making a little bit, but it's like you're anticipating the future because of New York City is going to just make it appreciate. Got it. So I love the fact that you're, again, diversifying, you know, your efforts and, you know, putting cash into different things at the same time. You know, of course, you're yeah. focused on some, you know, certain things, which is like, you know, prestige properties is like you're focusing on growing that because that's kind of probably the main income that kind of gen generates you yeah. those abilities to go and invest in other things, you know, like developments and, you know, being on those deals. But one of the things that I wanted to mention, again, the, the, the North Pole. I mean, the online retail yeah. company. So how yeah. did you came across that idea and like what's happening with that company? Well, funny, and that goes back to acting as well. Like it's all passive Every, income. Everything ties in back to Everything acting. ties into acting, to be honest. It's, so uh, just become an actor and it's going to go from there. Yeah, pretty much. Just, yeah, <laughs> but you got to want it. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it was just being like, okay, well, I'm, you know, ideally, I mean, if I ever thought about where I was when I first moved to New York City to where I am now, I would have been like, Look, I never thought I'd get to where I am now, basically. I always thought like, okay, if I had even 5,000 bucks just to break even a month or just something to cover my bills, but I could do that passively, then I could pursue this acting thing full time. But what I came to realize is that like there's acting, especially now there's nothing going on with it, but um, there's not much to do sometimes. It's like, you're not always going to be hired for a project. You kind of got to rely on somebody else to get hired for a project. So it's almost like, you know, you might not break 
and, and blow up and, and get, you know, this awesome role until you're in your forties or, or later or never. So you can't rely on that, but, um, what you can focus on is your business. And, you know, I, I came across this thing where it was, uh, a program and it cost a good initial investment. I think it was like 50,000 bucks or no, not 50,000. That would have been crazy. 5,000 bucks to take this online course. And it was talking about drop shipping, private labeling your own product. And, um, yeah, I was, I think I was drinking whiskey one night and I came across, that's, that's, um, how, these, that's how all good, good ideas start, by the way. Exactly. Right. And, uh, yeah, drink whiskey and want to be an actor and you're set pretty much. That's my, 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 uh, takeaways. Um, but it was these little, this little ice ball tray. It was like drinking ice balls. And, uh, the, the course was talking about finding the right product that was between seven and $40 or something like that. And they're the ones that go the quickest online. So it went from A to Z talking about, and you could probably find so many of these if you're interested in doing it online, but it was, uh, just one step-by-step step of how to look these products up, how to ship them in from China. Basically, I don't even see them come in. It was talking about shipping them in, sending them right to the Amazon warehouses, which you can do anywhere in the world now. And Amazon sends them out for a fee, Drop like $3 shipping. each unit. Drop shipping. So I wanted to try it. I saw some people putting up some pretty crazy numbers. And then during Christmas the one year, I think it just blew up and I was doing like, you know, I did like 40,000 in sales that month. And I was like, holy shit. It's not like that every, every month. It's, it, you know, it was like a good gift for people around Christmas time. But, um, but yeah, that was, that's my story with that. It's pretty so cool. How, so when it comes to the design, I mean, how do you pick it? I mean, is, is, do you have an eye for that? I mean, for, for you to hit those type of numbers, like what, what, you know, it? it's funny. Like I, at first I tried to get really smart with it again. Right. Like I, I saw these things online and I was like, okay, cool, but I can make my product and modify it. But, um, and I did try that and it didn't work at first. So it didn't sell that good. And then I just went back to the motto, like keep it simple, stupid and see these products that are selling already very well, find the mold uh, that resembled those and then just make your own packaging and basically like private label it as your own, you know? So it was these, these molds that were already made, but they were just generic molds and then branding it with my own brand and, um, you know, using the same thing that basically I liked and just being able to send sell these. Here you go, here you but go. you could, you could go, there are things that I've, you know, got my own take on. And, you know, if you have like an invention about something that you could, you know, ideally get these companies to make you a sample and then test it out and then do it that way. Here you go. So whiskey, 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 ice balls and, and Claus surname. That's how you come up with the, with the North pole, right? That is, yeah, so that's the, it. The recipe. Awesome. So can, can you talk about, again, the restaurant business, as you mentioned, you want to dip your toes into that. So is this what's happening at this current moment during the COVID? Was this idea prior to COVID? I mean, yeah, it was, well, Again, this is like, you know, obviously I have a lot on my plate, so it wasn't something where I'm like, okay, I want to go in and be the restaurant owner operator. I came, I, you know, I, I had a contact that, um, you know, utilize other people. That's my suggestion for you. Like if you want to get into another industry or try another venture, seek out somebody that's already an expert in it or that's doing it. So I had this guy that, you know, we ran around in the same circles. We were just friends. 
he opened a couple restaurants. He was a hundred percent in and he opened a couple really successful restaurants in Hoboken. And, you know, I just had mentioned to him, Hey, if you, you know, you ever want a partner or, you know, if you ever have something for me, um, I'd love to get involved with you. So that was just a really fun thing that presented itself during COVID, which seems like the worst time to open a restaurant. But then again, it could be the best time because, you know, like a lot of other places are unfortunately going out of business. So, um, you know, I knew he had his head on his shoulders. Uh, it was a great business plan. He presented it to me and he afforded me the opportunity to go with him. And I just, you know, went in on it. I talked to my wife. She was very gung-ho. And it's actually, what's cool about this is it's actually two-in-one business. It's an American dim sum place uh, for food, but it's also coupled with a flower shop. So the flower shop girl would, um, she decorated the whole place. And you can basically sit there and, you know, one of the partners, she's one of the partners, you can basically sit there and if you like your, you know, your table, you know, like your, whatever it's called, right, right in the middle of, of flowers, you could basically buy them from eating dinner. So it's a BYOB shop. You sit down, you have a great meal. You like some of the decor on the, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the place and you just buy it. Here you go, go home with a flower. Here you go. <laughs> awesome. 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 That sounds cool. great. So again, you, you have your hands full and I mean, involved with multiple businesses when it comes to your own personal brokerage, uh, some developments, again, clothing brands, being an actor, uh, restaurant business. So, I mean, it, it just continues and continues. And I'm sure you're going to come up with some more, you know, kind of simple ideas that you're going to execute. I don't know. I'm exhausted just hearing about yeah. what I do. I mean, it, it sounds like you, you you have the right system to hire the right that's people. That's good. You yeah. Know, and, and that's going to work out. So, I mean, Thank you. from that point where, again, you're an actor, you're meeting a lot of people, again, with the businesses, uh, kind of an esoteric question, but like, what is the one thing that you would like people to remember about you when you meet them? Um, when I meet them, just that, and I think this comes across is that I'm a genuine guy that, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of worried that the acting thing for real estate people, they would think, oh, is he just acting like, he's a real estate agent or he's a good person or something like that. I just, uh, you know, I want them to know, you know, I, I kind of just want to know, I think the acting stuff helps me with my, you know, I used to be a lot shyer than I am now, but I think it helps me with my personality. So I'd really just hope to be, you know, uh, that's a good question. Just hope to be memorable and genuine and create a real connection with somebody. That's it. Here you go. Here you go. So I hope you, I hope you guys connected with with Kyle today, even though you're watching this through Zoom, because that's the only way we can connect with people during these times. But yeah. it's it's definitely how, how fascinating and how awesome. How awesome! Definitely, different. definitely. Yeah. So look, uh, it's been it's been a great time to have you on today. I mean, there's a lot of great pieces that a lot of people will take away. I mean, when it comes to the mindset part, which is like the eighty percent of the of the business piece, right? Uh, a lot of like real estate business uh, tips that, that are going to be great, you know, construction, investing, you know, clothing mm -hmm. brand. I mean, all those, all those things are there for, for people to take advantage of. So I really appreciate you for being today on the show, Kyle. Well, I appreciate you having me. It was, it was a pleasure. That's no problem. Guys and girls, Anytime. Just, just one question that I want to ask you, if you can share this episode uh, with a friend of yours. 
Cole was talking about getting involved with the real estate, but never pulling the trigger. I think this, this episode could be very valuable for that person. Again, a lot of great insights and uh, a lot of inspiration that would give for that person to, for him to, you know, to kind of inspire, to take those first steps, even during these times, because you see like people who like Kyle is making those moves and making things happen. And so feel free to reach out to me too, as well, if that helps. That's yeah. what the show is for. That's what okay, the show is for. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, I'd be glad to help. We're not going to keep people here hanging and, you know, like, oh, thanks for watching the show. That's the initial part of the show. And that's why I do the show, because I want people, first of all, to see you, to hear your story, to see what the what the business like perspectives you have, what what the projects you have on in, in, in business in general. And then I want people to reach out, you know, to, to yeah. guests. And I definitely want people to reach out to you because that's the that's the main point of, of doing the show. Because Great. it's all about networking, collaborations, you know, bouncing ideas off each other and, you know, making those things happen. Amazing. Especially during, this, during these times. So, again, guys, yeah. uh, I appreciate you watching. Thanks for be, being here. Uh, make sure to share the episode. And as always, I'm going to as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks so much.